excited to be here uh, speaking to you guys for our third part of uh, the Who Do You Think You Are series. Uh, we're going to be in Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. Are you guys excited to be at church this morning? It's a good day to be at church. Aren't you glad it's not raining for a little while? We've had more rain. I think they're going to rename this city Seattle. <laughs> but our lakes are getting full, which is good. I'm ready for summertime, yeah? Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Man, that's so good. Let's read that one time together, one more time. For I know the thoughts. God's saying, I know what I'm thinking about you. And he says, it's the thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Can I pray with you this morning before we get started? Jesus, I just thank you. Every ear is open and receptive in this place, that every heart's going to be softened. Father, that every life is going to be changed, that no one will leave this place the same. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said... Amen and amen. Hey, I, if you're taking notes this morning, and I hope you are, because we have a saying here at the church that paper never forgets. I'll forget what I preach. You'll forget what I preach. But if you write it down, we both won't forget. And I want you to title this message, Practice Makes Perfect. Practice Makes Perfect. How many of you guys are Google Maps people? Anybody Google Maps on your phone? How many of you are Apple Maps people? Any Apple Maps? And let me just, I'm just going to, if you leave with nothing else today, Google Maps is better than Apple Maps. Just saying. Apple Maps is crazy. Uh, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma this week, and um, one of the great things about traveling and doing ministry is uh, you get to go to places that you've never been before, and uh, my husband's least favorite thing is driving in cities that we've never been before, and uh, my least favorite thing is being his co-pilot in cities that we've never been before, and so it makes for an interesting dialogue in the car, you know, because pastors never argue or fight or get frustrated or anything like that. That never happens happens in our car. It's really peaceful. And um, in fact, when we get into traffic, the cars just part like the Red Sea. It's amazing. Um, but we were in Tulsa and we were going back and forth on where to eat. And somebody in the car made the decision that we were going to go to a place called Hatfields. So I put it into my Google Maps and Google Maps was deciding to just take a little rest and it wasn't wanting to work. So I did the worst mistake ever. I put it into Apple Maps. Well, we're driving along, and it's, it's 1.9 miles away. How can you get lost, Stephanie, when you're 1.9 miles away? Morgan, that seems like it should be foolproof, right? Wrong. Um, so we're driving. It's telling us, go right. We go right. Go left. And then it keeps telling us, make a U-turn. And I'm like, if we make a U-turn, we're going to be in a residential neighborhood. What are you talking about, Siri? And she keeps telling us that we've arrived at our destination. Obviously, Apple Maps thought we were going to Bob Hatfield's house and not Hatfield's the restaurant. And so at this point, Brian's like, are we just going to go knock on his door and say, yes, a table for eight, please? <laughs> um, he's like, babe, this is not the right place. I'm like, well, it's where it took us. Like, it's not my fault. We're just listening to what the phone's telling us, and it brought us here. And so this whole dialogue commences, and we go down. We, I ended up finding it. But here's the thing is I realized in that moment that in our life, that we're heading a direction and we're going in the direction of the voices that we're hearing, which is your thoughts. 
I love this in Jeremiah 29, 11, because the Lord says, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking about you to bring you to an expected end. In other words, let me break it down this way. God knows that if he doesn't have good thoughts about you, you're not going to get to a good end. So how much more in your life, if you're not thinking the right things on purpose, you're not going to end up in the place that you're wanting to go. You are heading somewhere in your life, and it's either purposeful or it's accidental, but you're going to end up either at Bob Hatfield's house or Hatfield's where you wanted to be, and it's all going to be determined on the destination and the thoughts that you're thinking all through the day. The, I heard a thing the other day, and it said this, that we speak 180 mi- words per minute. 180 words per minute. Jessica, I think mine's a little bit higher than 180 words per minute. Depends on how much coffee I've had. The more coffee, it's amazing how fast you can talk. I become very efficient with my time when I have a lot of coffee. But it it also tells me this, that it said that we think 1,300 words per minute. Your inner talk is way more important than what you're actually saying. And a lot of us, if we just be real honest, our inner talk is negative and it's toxic. We're thinking horrible thoughts and we're wondering why we're not ending up where we want to be. We're getting at wrong destination after wrong destination, disappointment to failure. We're bouncing around on all these wrong places. Could it be the thing that's wrong with you is you're listening to the wrong voices? That you're thinking the wrong things? God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you to thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. If God knows the thoughts that he's thinking about you. Donnie, do you know the thoughts that you're thinking about you? A lot of times I think we think that everything in our life, well, it's all just to luck. Everything's to chance. It's just whatever will be, will be. That couldn't be further from the truth. In life, what you're thinking about, you gravitate towards. I'll give you an example. If you start thinking about chocolate right now, come on, good chocolate. How many dark chocolate lovers do I have in the house? Milk chocolate? Where's the white chocolate people at? All right, we got a few of them in there. I'm a dark chocolate person. But it doesn't take long for you to think about chocolate. And what are you going to do? You're going to end up going and eating what? Chocolate. Uh, If Brian, the other day in his message, he talked about a cheeseburger and french fries. And we got done, and you know what? We walked into In-N-Out, and most of our team was out In-N-Out. You know why? Because he talked about a cheeseburger and french fries. Everybody goes, man, once you said that about a cheeseburger and french fries, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Why? Because where the mind goes, the man follows. And a lot of times in your life, you're wondering why you're not getting the job, why things aren't happening, why your marriage isn't working out, because you're spending so much of your time moving that direction. You're listening to those voices that you're not good enough, you're never going to make it, your finances are always going to be this way, your parents were a failure, you're going to be a failure, you'll never get accepted to that school, you're never going to finish your degree, you'll never get that promotion, and you know what happens is you'll get at that destination. The Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I think it's time for us to know the thoughts that we're thinking about ourselves and really start taking serious our thought life. You know, what you do over and over and over again becomes a habit and those habits become subconscious. I don't even have to think about certain things. It's just part of what I do. Um, Example would be, uh, have you ever worked at a bank or somewhere at an office where you had to answer the phones all day long? 
I was a, the president of a bank secretary. I processed his loans. And so I answered phones for him all day. I'd get there at 8 a.m. and I'd leave around 5 or 6 p.m. And all day long, I'd answer the phone. Community Bank, this is Crystal Sparks. How may I help you? Yes, I'll get you to David Brewer in just one moment. And uh, you do that all day long. So then my phone would ring when I'd get off work, Stephanie. And you know what I'd do? Thank you for calling Community Bank. This is Crystal Sparks. How may I help you? And my mom's like, Crystal, why do you answer your phone like that? You know why? Because it's a habit. It's, it's a response. And more of our life is a response than it is conscious. It's something that we've trained our mind to do. And if we're going to be going in a new direction, it's time for us to start thinking new, different thoughts. Practice makes perfect, so we need to be careful what we're practicing. Some of us have gotten real good at thinking through failure. Some of us have gotten real good at thinking through defeat. And I want us to begin to train our minds to begin to think about the good things, about the wonderful things that God has planned for you. I'm going to give you a few things that I want you to think on purpose as you go through this week. And I want your first thought that you write down is this, that I will enjoy my life today. I will enjoy my life today. Uh, I love this scripture, and they don't have it back there, but I found it. I was thinking through it this morning. It's 1 Corinthians 7.17 in the message. 1 Corinthians 7.17. Oh, they have it. Y'all are so good. Aren't they awesome? They are so good. It says, and don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else where you are right now. Somebody say right now. Right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. See, here's the thing is a lot of times we think that for our day to be good or for us to enjoy our life, everything has to line up. Like all the stars have to align and then we'll be happy. Let me tell you that that is so false because in life, bad things happen and really bad things just tend to happen. You're, you're going to end up in a long line. You're going to end up in traffic. If you live in Roy City, that's every day. That's our life. Our life is traffic. I mean, I get more done in the car than anywhere else because it's the only place I am all day. And uh, come on, somebody. It's like 45 minutes to go five miles. It's just normal. This is our life. But here's the thing is that you can enjoy your life right now. I love this scripture. Is stop wishing that you are someplace else or with someone else. So many times we always live life for what may be. Well, one day when my kids move out, then I'll be happy. One day when all my kids are in school, then I'll be happy. With all the single people are like, one day whenever I get married, then I'll be happy. And all the married people are like, one day when he dies off, then I'll be happy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's the truth. Everybody's living for the eventual. <laughs> what, are you, what am I thinking about? <laughs> But we're always living for like, have you ever heard of like a mirage when you're out in a desert and people will kill themselves because they see a mirage on the horizon and they think it's water up there and they're doing everything they can to get to that water only to get there to realize there's no water. It was just a figment of their imagination. I think that's how we live our life is the enemy has got this mirage in the horizon that one day you're going to be happy when all these things, when we move into a bigger house, I'll be happy. When I get a new car. I'll be happy when I graduate college then I'll be happy when I you know what you can have all those things and still be miserable 
Some of the most miserable people I know have all the money in the world, can buy anything they want, and they're miserable. You know why? Because happiness doesn't come from the outside in. It starts on the inside and works its way outward. Some of the happiest people I know are dirt poor, have nothing, trying to figure out how they're going to pay their next bill. But you know what? They're happy. My mom was a single mom raising three kids. And I'm telling you all, we were ghetto. We, we had WIC, food stamps. We did it all. Uh, you can say what you want. She was doing everything she could to raise three kids by herself. We had uh, rats the size of baby kittens in our house and uh, holes in our floor that you just had to jump over, just pretend like they weren't there. But you know what? We were happy, and we made a lot of memories. You know what? Joy is a choice. Being happy, enjoying your life is a choice. So much of my life, I thought, well, it's just the way I feel. I can't help it. No, you can change the way you feel. And when you wake up and your eyes open up, if the first thought in your mind is, oh, it's Monday. Y'all wear me out with the Facebook on Mondays. (laughs) You know it's coming. It's coming every week. Instead, why don't you look at Monday and say, oh my gosh, it's a new week. It's full of fresh possibilities. There's never been a week like this. I only get 52 Mondays in a year. I've already gone through like eight of them. How great is this Monday going to be? God, what things do you have in store for me? What opportunities? You know, God can still bless you on a Monday, not just on Friday. But we live our life with this false expectation instead of waking up going, you know what? I'm going to enjoy my life today. And I don't care what big project I have at work. I don't care what big obstacle stand in my way. It's not going to take my joy. Real joy is when all hell is breaking loose around you and you're just smiling and still doing. Because if you're only happy when everything's going your way, you're going to live a really stinky life. My kids, when they were little, uh, Bear will tell you that this is the truth, I would get down on their level when they would be sad because they didn't get the candy bar or they didn't get the toy at the store, and I'd say, you know what? Joy is a choice, and sometimes we have to fight for it, and sometimes we have to put a smile on our face even though we don't want to, but right now you're choosing to be sad. It's not because I didn't give you something. It's because you made the choice. And parents, let me just tell you, you may not be throwing a fit over a toy car or a candy bar, but you're, to- you're throwing a fit because you didn't get the promotion, because somebody else got the bonus, because whatever. And you've got to get into a place where, you know what? It's not everybody else's job to make me happy. I'm I'm going to choose to be happy. Philippians 4.8 says this, For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and, of, and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take into account these things. Fix your minds on them. Man, it sounds like it's our responsibility more than others. Let's start to take captive our thoughts. Have you ever seen buzzards flying in the air? And Matt, whenever you see buzzards flying in the air, you always know what? That there's something dead. You know that Candace was driving down the road last night and hit a dog. (laughs) True story. That happened the other day. It was so sad. (laughs) How many of you have ever hit an animal and killed it? 
I've never done that. I'm so thankful. I've nearly killed the people in my car trying to save the animal, but thankfully. But if you see buzzards, you know that there's something dead. Now, flip reverse of that. I love going to Brian's uh, grandmother's house, his Nana, when she was living in this beautiful house with all this land. She had hummingbirds like crazy. Uh, She sat out there one day. Her goal was to have over 50 hummingbirds. And I think she reached the goal of around 27 at one point. She claims. I don't know how she counted them all. But she had beautiful flowers, and everything was bright and colorful. Why? Because hummingbirds are attracted to bright, colorful, beautiful things. Now, you never see a hummingbird feasting on dead carcasses. And you never see a buzzard feasting on flowers. Now, here's the thing is both of them are birds, and both of them find what they're looking for. And your life, your mind is either like a buzzard eating the dead things or your mind's like a hummingbird looking for the bright, colorful things. You can find both no matter what's happening in your life. It's a choice. It is a choice. Everybody say, I'm going to enjoy my life. Man, some of you, that's, that's tough, right? I always tell people this. Maturity is doing the right thing when you feel wrong. Maturity is not coming to church when you feel like coming to church. Maturity is coming to church even when everything inside of you is saying, just stay home. You don't need this. Don't do it. Maturity is putting a smile on your face when everything inside of you is just wanting to cry. Maturity is making the right choices when you don't feel like it. You can live beyond your feelings. And, you know, it's a proven fact that the more you smile, the more happy you are. That if you'll just make yourself smile, some of you need to smile more. I love what my pastor says. He says, there needs to be a group that's called Grumps for Christ. (laughs) Because isn't it funny how some of Christians, like, you should know a Christian by how happy they are. But a lot of times, you know a Christian by how angry they are. They're the most bitter, frustrated, angry people. I had somebody one time, me and Mama were out shopping because that's my first ministry. And uh, we were out shopping and we were just laughing and having a good time doing what we do. We laugh a lot. And, uh, and this lady comes over and she's like, I just got to ask you, why are you guys so happy? When's the last time somebody came up to you and asked you, why are you so happy? Or do you walk around with a solemn look on your face, angry? frustrated. You can enjoy your life today, today, right now. Amen. Number two, I am able to do anything that comes my way. I am able to do anything that comes my way. Philippians 4.13 says this, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I love this because it doesn't say, you know what, you're able to do it because you're super talented. You're able to do it because you got the degree. You're able to do it, Ricky, because all your finances are great. You're able to do it because you drive the right car. You're able to do it because, no, it says you're able to do it because of God. And the Bible tells us this, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's unchanging. I'm so glad that his ability isn't rested on my ability because sometimes I'm awesome and sometimes I'm not. And sometimes things are up and sometimes things are down. But he says, hey, guys, listen, you're going to be able to do anything because I'm that awesome, because I'm that good. And so many times I think we buy into invisible rules that hold us back from what God's called us to do. One of the worst things 
things you can ever tell me with all the love in my heart, don't ever walk up to me and say this. It's just impossible. I can't do it. It's just impossible. Nothing's impossible. You can do anything that you set your mind at. What you're saying when you say something's impossible, Morgan, is this is what you're saying. It's, it's really not worth the effort it takes to accomplish the results. That's what you're saying. Because you know what? Anybody can run a full marathon. They're just not willing to put forth the work. Anybody can go back to school and get their degree. They're just not willing to put forth the work. You can get promoted in your office if you'd actually engage and quit being on Facebook during your work hours. Show up for work on time. You can, uh, we got Jessica Shook over here who's got four kids, and she's writing two books right now. She's about to be a New York Times bestseller. But it's not because her schedule's perfect and she doesn't have kids. No, she's doing it with four kids. What are you accomplishing in your life? Or what excuses are you making? You can do anything that comes your way. There's nothing too big. Quit buying into the lie that you're never going to get out of debt. No, you can get out of debt. You know how you do it? One good decision at a time. You might have to say no to some things. You might not get to go out every night of the week, but you can do it. So many times we forget that we serve the same God that was in the Bible. I want you to just think about this. When you say, God, I can't do it, you're saying, okay, God, I know that you helped David kill Goliath with a slingshot. That was cool and all. And you parted the Red Sea and two million people walked across. And I know that you made the sun stand still so they could win the battle. But this report's just too hard. Like, bring that into respect. Like, I love that Jesus told them. He said that if you believe, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move, and it'll be moved. Now, how many of you have ever been going through your day and thought, you know what would make my day a whole lot better is if I could just move this mountain? You've never thought that, right? Uh, nobody, hopefully, because we don't have mountains in East Texas at all. When I take my kids to other places, they're like, mom, what's that on the horizon? Don't be scared, kids. It's just a mountain. (laughs) But we've never thought that. You know why Jesus said that, though? Because he wanted to throw out such an extreme that it would encourage your faith that whatever you're believing for can happen. Quit buying into the lie that it's too big, that it's too hard, that you'll never accomplish it. No, you can do this thing. You can do it. There's, There's inventions waiting to be had in this room. You're one thought away from being a millionaire. You're one thought away from being a New York Times bestseller. You're one thought away from creating something that nobody's ever seen nor heard. But what you got to do is begin to use your mind. Why not use your mind to think, God, what if I do get that promotion? God, what if you are setting me up? God, what if that guy does ask me out? God, what if, what if you begin to change your thoughts instead of always thinking about the bad? You begin to think about the good. I want to be a magnet for God's blessings. He's going to do something good for somebody. It might as well be me. It might as well. He's looking to bless somebody. I want to be blessed. How many of you want to be blessed? But so many times, what are we doing? We're thinking, oh, I can never do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not educated enough. I don't have enough money to do that. I don't have, you know, nothing I've ever done for God I was ever qualified for. Never. I've always been not enough. When I first started preaching, I was, everybody thought I was too young. And then I got older and they thought I was too middle. <laughs> And then you get up and, and some people say you're too this and some people say you're too that. But you know what? God still chose me anyways. 
God picks you right where you are to do what he's called you to do. And so I want to ask you, who told you that you can't do it? I love in Genesis, whenever Adam and Eve sinned and they ate of the fruit, and God comes down, and they had sewn fig leaves together. Eve was a fashion designer, even from the even from uh, the garden. She had her own Nordstrom going, and uh, she made designer clothes for Adam. And uh, if it was Michael, Michael would make his own clothes because he doesn't let Candace dress him. And uh, and so he, they, God comes down. He says, "Hey guys, what are you doing? Why are you wearing these outfits?" And they're like, "God, we're naked." And I love what the Lord told Adam and Eve. Who told you that you're naked? Because God never one time spoke to them about their inadequacies. He was always talking to them about their qualifications. And so whenever you start having negative things come out of your life mouth, I want to ask you, who told you that you're too uneducated? Who told you that you're not qualified? Who told you that you're not good enough? I love uh, Nancy uh, and Inyer and Crystal's dad. He owns a restaurant in Sulphur Springs, Texas. I want you to think about this. He came from a poor family from Mexico. They had no money growing up. He had nothing of his own growing up, but he had a dream in his heart to make something of his life. His restaurant is not only successful, it's thriving. And if you showed up there today, there'd be a line going out the door. Now, is it because he came from the right family? No. Is it because he was born into money? No. The reason why he's got it is because he had a dream in his heart and he believed that with God, all things are possible. I want you to begin to rise up and go after what God's called you to do. Who told you you can't accomplish it? Who told you that you can't do it? Right here in this room, you've got 200 people that are telling you that if God be for you, who can be against you? We've got a God that's on our side that believes in us. Amen. When we magnify the mountain, it is the beginning of discouragement. But when we begin to magnify God, it's the beginning of bravery. I want to be the person that's running towards the battle line, not away from it. I want to be a person that's running towards my goals, not running away from them. Amen. The last thing I want to tell you is that God loves you unconditionally. Ephesians 1.4 says this, Even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own, in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him, and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. I want you just to think about this. If you talk to everybody else the way you talk to yourself, would you have any friends? If you talk to everybody else like you talk to yourself, would you have any friends? The answer for most of us would be no. Because you call yourself everything that you're not. And I love this because there's something in our mind that thinks that God really couldn't love somebody like me. Most people, they go through their entire life thinking that God's angry at them. I was talking to somebody in our church, and they told me, they said, you know, before I came to this church, I lived my entire life thinking that God was mad at me. 
I, was, I, I lived my whole entire life thinking that I'm not good enough, that God would never pick me. God doesn't really love me. He wouldn't really choose me. And he said, the thing that has revolutionized my life is realizing that God is passionately and fervently in love with me. And she now, um, is just she just wrote her first book. Her name's Ruby, and she's on our dream team. And she just wrote her first book, and it's actually going to print. And she said, I would never have thought I would do that. And she said, but when I got that God loves me, how can I not now pass that on to others? God's love makes you bold. When you realize that God's for you, that he's passionately, I love this scripture. It says that he actually handpicks us out. In other words, you're not sloppy seconds. And I think so many times we look at other people and we think, well, of course he picks Angelica. I mean, she's a photographer. She's amazing. She can do all these things. But he wouldn't pick somebody like me. And we look at ours and we think that we're third string on God's team. No, this says that he actually hand picks us out. My kids, I tell them all the time, and and they get sick of me saying it, but I say it to them all the time. I'll always tell Bear, Bear, did you know? Out of all the little boys in the whole wide world, if you could line them all up, I would pick you as my son. You're my favorite. I love you so much. You're my favorite little boy. And my daughter, I'll tell her, Braylee, did you know that out of all the little girls in the whole wide world, if you lined them all up, I'd pick you to be my daughter? And they go, I know, Mom. And so now when I say, Braylee, did you know? And she's like, I know, you'd pick me. (laughs) She's heard it so many times. She can finish the sentence. He can finish the sentence. But I think they can't hear that enough. And so many times we can't hear enough that if God could line up all the guys in the whole wide world, he'd pick you. He'd go, That's, I, I'll take Cliff. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Brad. And so many times I, I remember whenever I was in high school. Can any of you remember back that far? Anybody? Yeah, none of us raise our hands. <laughs> That's sad. Lord, renew our minds. Um, no, I remember in high school, my mom was always that crazy parent. Anybody got anybody the crazy parent in the crowd? I'm the crazy mom. Like, I'm the loud mom, the crazy mom. Me and Mama, like, we're in the stands, and we're like, oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Like, everything they do, it doesn't matter what it is. I just think they're awesome. And so Bear gets up to bat. I'm like, baby, you're so good. You're the best batter. You're the best swinger. And he'll miss the ball. And I'm like, nobody misses the ball like you. You are so good. That was so awesome. And, and, and Brian's like, babe, you can't cheer for him for everything. I'm like, well, you've got the wrong people here. Cause I think he can, like, I think he's awesome. And he'll, the ball go flying past him. He'll miss a catch. And I'm like, bear, you did that with such finesse. That was so good. I mean, just the way it came by, like you're so good. And then you recovered it. And then when he hits the ball, I go insane. I'm like screaming, losing my voice. I'm like very passionate. And I want you to say, know this, that bear, when he gets out there, there's a confidence and he looks in the stands to see, is my mom watching? Cause I'm about to bat and she's about to go bananas when I hit this thing. And so many times I think we think God's sitting out there going, is that your best swing? You missed it again. Come on. You're an idiot. How many times have we gone over this? Like, come on, get it together. You made this mistake yesterday. 
No, I want to tell you that God's the other extreme. He's going, that's my girl. She's out there. Look at her. Oh, nobody misses the ball like her. She, hey, she fell down, but she got back up. She, got, she fell down. Yeah, she missed it. But you know what? This next one, watch her. She's about to come into the game. If God was your cheerleader, I think that you would begin to realize he is so in love with you. He's leaning over the balcony of heaven going, look at Cole. He's leading a small group. Him and Erica are doing such a great job. He's leaning over going, man, Daniel's making me so proud. He's going to Christ for the nations. He's passionate about me, telling others about me, and serving in his local church. He's not good looking at you going, really? Come on. When are you going to get your act together? He is your biggest fan. He's crazy about you. And I think if we began to get that in our minds, that he's not looking at us downwardly, but looking straight at us going, there's nobody that loves me like you. There's nobody that believes in me like you. There would be this confidence that would come on our life that we would begin to not just go up against things, but we'd actually start taking some victories for the kingdom. We'd start seeing some things turn around. But so many of us, we just, we, we don't get it. We think that God's just out to get us instead of being like my kids. If God started out the line, if God be for you, most of us would be like, and who can be against you? Yeah, if God be for Melissa, who can be? No, if God be for you, who can be against you? He actually handpicks you out since the foundations of time. In other words, Sean, he already knew you were going to mess up. In other words, he already knew, Roxanne, you were going to have some shortcomings. He already knew. He saw all that time that you thought it was a disappointment, it was a failure. He saw all those things and said, yep, I still pick Misty. I'll take her on my team. Uh, yeah, I'll take Mike. I'll, I'll put him on my team. It's okay. Uh, he's going to have some baubles, but you know what? I, I'll take him on my team. He loves you unconditionally. What jobs would you begin to apply for if you knew that you couldn't fail? What things would you begin to step out and do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you knew that the God of the universe that makes the stars and puts them into orbit is the same God that can help you accomplish your goals, what kind of boldness would come onto your life? Amen. I love, uh, recently I was counseling with somebody and um, I was talking to them and they were telling me some things that were happening in our li- their life and And they're like, I was just so afraid to meet with you because I felt like if you found out these things about me, that you wouldn't love me anymore. Like, I know that you like me because you see me at church and and you see me one way with a smile on my face and my hair's washed and everything's together. But I didn't really want to tell you these things because I know that things are going to be different between us now. I know you're going to see me differently. I know that you're not going to look at me the same. And I looked at her in that moment and I said, no, you don't get it. There is nothing you could ever do that would make me stop loving you. That would make me stop believing in you. There's nothing you could ever say. There's no sin you could ever commit that I would look at you and go, you know what? That's just too far. And I said, because I love you. I'm fully invested in seeing you succeed.
And I want to tell you that when that happened, a light bulb went off in her head because she realized every other relationship in her life is performance driven. Every other relationship in her life, people love you if, but God loves you because of who you are. You're his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. And there's nothing you could ever do to make him stop loving you. He's fully invested on seeing the dreams in your heart come to pass. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Practice makes perfect. So let's be careful what we practice. Amen. You know, I told this story a while back in a transition. But Bear, when he was little, he was probably around three. My baby's in the service today. He's like, Mom, all you do is talk about me. <laughs> they're my best material. They're, they're the best. And he had made some mistakes, and I don't even remember what it was. To this day, I don't remember what it was. But it was one of those moments where you're frustrated and you send them to their room. Come on. You know it's bad when you're just like, just go to your room. I can't even discipline you right now. Just let me think about it, and then I'll be in there. And I came in there, and he had big tears rolling down his cheeks. And he said, Mom, do you still love me? And I thought, oh. And that's a lot of times how we approach God. We make mistakes, and then God comes, and we go to church like this, and we're in a worship atmosphere like this, and our number one question to God is, God, do you still love me? I made those mistakes, and I've disappointed you, and I've let you down. And I looked at Bear in that moment. I said, baby, there is nothing you could ever do, ever do, that would ever make me stop loving you. Just because you make mistakes doesn't mean you are a mistake. Just because you have experienced failure doesn't mean you are a failure. There's got to be a shift in your life when you begin to realize that God loves you unconditionally. What if we woke up every day with these three thoughts? God, I'm going to enjoy my life today. I can accomplish anything. I can do anything that comes my way. And God, you love me unconditionally. I guarantee you this. If we begin to think those three things every day, you'd be amazed at what begins to change in your life. Can we just begin to practice, begin to be careful what we're practicing so that we can become real good at thinking good thoughts? Can I pray with you real quick? Jesus, I thank you for every person. Lord, I thank you for every heart of every hearer. Father, I just thank you in this place that, Father, where we have been so focused on the